0: morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, book by book, chapter by chapter, looking at Revelation chapter 13. These chapters of Revelation have been so cool to look at. Just, I mean, first of all, it's just, it just is cool stuff, right? You've got a red dragon, you've got different horsemen, you've got uh, war and angels, right? I mean, you know, it's the stuff that would make a good just, you know, uh, I don't know what like, like a fan stuff that's going to happening is this is a, a message has already done is that the Lord Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, has already conquered for us the ways he already has defended his church. And so it's a message of comfort through and through. And uh, we're finding that that's actually no different, even though in chapter 13, you've got these two beasts. The first and the second beast. Um, it there, there's some pretty cool stuff. And this is the one where you got that infamous number 666. What does that mean? Lots of good stuff today. And joining us, we've got one of our regular guests. We've got Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Uh, got yourself a pretty interesting chapter today. Not just any run-of-the-mill psalm here, brother. Good to have you with us again.
1: I want the softball
2: psalms back for crying out loud! This is, this is, this is,
0: this
2: is. How, how on earth are we going to do a whole chapter? You and you and I have trouble getting through six verses of a psalm in an hour. How are we going to do this?
0: <laughs> I don't know. By by the mercy of God. By the mer- <laughs> That's but, Exactly. Yeah, right. I know. It, it a little a little bit different from the the psalms. Um, though there is like a little bit of a maybe a little poetic. Yeah. A bit right in the middle. But yeah, re- Revelation. Uh, when was the last time we took a look at uh, Revelation?
2: Uh, believe it or not, I act, it, act, in some of my teaching on stewardship, one of, one of the interesting things I like to do, I actually resource, especially the end of it, a lot because uh, of the, the, the nature, uh, the, the seed of doctrine for the, the, the stewardship or our understanding of who a steward is, is in creation. And then what I like to do then is talk about how it's restored, and then you end up with the bookend of the comparison of what the new creation is like, everything and more. So I, I spend, right. I, when I when I do some of my seminars, I, I actually do spend a little bit of time in uh, the last couple of chapters of Revelation, not necessarily talking about beasts and dragons and things like that. That sounds more <laughs> like my... Third- that that sounds like my that sounds like more a couple of my thirteen year old friends sitting in their basement rolling <laughs> dice, you know, uh, and, and playing Dungeons and Dragons.
0: So. Uh, right? Yeah, I know. Well, you, you know, i mean, the, the ironic thing, right? Is like, you know, all that stuff seems to in some way be related to to Tolkien, right? And uh, where did Tolkien get it from? So you know, it's uh maybe it, maybe it's not too far derived, but 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 yeah. Um, you, you've got definitely the strong connections to creation. that I think we've seen throughout. Um, for a second there, I thought you were going to like, you know, those first few chapters, like you know, hey, you're lukewarm, I'm gonna spit you out, you know. But uh, <laughs> no, that that's very good. I like I like your uh, the the creation angle on that. That's good. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, this is a, these in between chapters. You know, like it, it can seem like it's just some kind of this is what is this crazy fantasy stuff, but um, r- really good material that I think is. just a lot more real life than people commonly uh, would assume. So uh, I'm glad that we're going to get to take a good look at this today. And uh, let's go ahead and turn to the chapter as we get started. Would you say a prayer for us uh, and for everyone listening and for all our brothers and sisters?
2: Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, in the midst of this great time of trial uh, around the uh, the pandemic in which we find ourselves in, uh, we struggle at times with uh, trying to find meaning and direction and understanding. And and you bid us to look to you. Uh, so often we find ourselves trusting in princes of politics and sultans of science, and yet you draw us back to you. And in the same way, Lord, uh, you you lead us to a, a text of scripture today, which may. Uh, have many things which cause us to scratch our heads and say, what on earth is this? And yet you bid us to see it through the lens of your spirit, of your word, the, 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 the word made flesh, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, we pray that you would lead us to that again, that we would look at this uh, through the proper lenses uh, uh, and, and, and see what it is that you would have us glean from it as we seek to be faithful in these gray and latter days. Uh, not leading us to a sense of fear and foreboding and anxiety, uh, but uh, of, a, of a trust in you uh, so that all that we do and all that we say uh, redounds to your glory. And as you shine, as we are stewards of this message, that, uh, uh, that, that uh, we may uh, joyously share it with those um, who may not have the same confidence that we have. Uh, we ask your blessing in this time uh, for the sake of Jesus, in whose name we pray.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. And uh, yeah, you know, no, that's, uh, I, I appreciate the, the prayer just uh, focusing our our eyes, our perspective um, in this time. And uh, well, and and then also, you know, like you can take the pastor out of the Psalms, but you can't take the Psalms out of the pastor. My goodness, I got to use this line, princes of politics and sultans of science. Like I'm just writing that down and stealing it. My next sermon. So, thank you for that too. Just remember, Um, there
2: is no such thing as there is no such thing as plagiarism in the church. It's all shared ideas.
0: That's that's right. Then, right? It's just, it's, it's. I've been this, and I just want to get the, like this description of this first beast. And um, what we're going to want to do, I think, is kind of compare this because there's going to be a lot of similarities to the dragon that we had introduced in the previous chapter in Revelation 12. I think uh, it be good for, for help us to then attempt to make the identification of what is this first beast. Okay, so here's Revelation chapter 13 out of the English Standard Version here, beginning with the first verse. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads with ten (laughs) diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed and the whole earth marvelled as they followed the beast and they worshiped the dragon for he had given his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like the beast and who can fight against it okay so just pausing there i mean uh, quite the description of this this beast it it seems very similar to the the dragon that we had described um you know you've got this the the seven heads, um, the description of there being horns, uh, ten horns in fact. Again, um, you know, diadems. I guess it's like a little bit different. I guess um, before it, uh, I think it said the diadems were on the heads, and now they're on the horns. So there's, I mean, slight differences, right? Um, but uh, a lot a lot of similarities. But I think maybe the big one is that you got this comparison to these other animals, like a leopard, a bear, uh, a lion. Um, you know, that that can seem like kind of crazy, but, uh, well, this sounds a lot like a different book of the Bible that we looked at not too long ago.
2: Correct. In fact, you want, you want to talk about how God works. Uh, every morning, uh, when every morning I get up and I take my dog for a walk, uh, we do about two, two and a half miles. And while I'm doing that, I actually listen to the scriptures. And yeah, uh, this this morning, the book that I was listening to was Daniel. And I was listening yeah. to Daniel oh, well. chapter seven, and I'm like,
0: "Wait a oh, second. There you go. I, I'm going
2: to be talking <laughs> about this all over the place. Perfect. Uh, in, a couple, yep. in a couple of hours, you know. But you see, and 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 I think the the image that that drives us, and again, this is one of the beautiful things: how that how we it, it, it's critically important that we as 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 teachers in the church, but most importantly that that those who are. Those who are faithful Christian, it, it's important that you do spend time um, in the Old Testament uh, because you know it, it is the it is the New Testament that opens up the Old. It is the Old that that, that causes the the New Testament to come to full flower. So we get a a, a, right. a great understanding, and as 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 we see this connection uh, to that beast in Daniel. Uh, where it talk where, where again you have the you have the different uh you have the different representations and manifestations uh it helps us understand a little more uh, of, of of how this is this is likely a reference to some sort of a, a, of a political uh, a, a political entity that is at the service of the dragon from the previous chapter
0: right right and, and i th- I think that, you know, making the connection to Daniel is essential. And we've seen this in a few places, how in Revelation you've got, like you were saying, you know, the Old Testament bringing this to full flower. I mean, I mean, really, I I mean, I'd even put it stronger that you just can't even really make sense of it at times if you don't have that Old Testament background. I mean, we've seen some really strong connections back to Zechariah we saw with like the two witnesses and like the lampstands. Um, or just just the descriptions really of even the riders in general, um, you know, just the different colored horses and all this stuff. I mean, all of it, clear allusions back to Zechariah. He's taking stuff and he's building on it. Um, and so here, right, uh, you've got this allusion back to, like you were saying, Daniel 7. Um, and we saw that that in Daniel 7, there was this vision. that was a series of four beasts, right? Um, and people have had lots of different interpretations about what those beasts were. Represent exactly, but um, what's clear even from the context there just just says it that these are a succession of kingdoms. You go from one kingdom to another kingdom to another kingdom, um, and then you know at the at the end the beast, right? The the really scary one who's described an unnatural um, has uh, teeth and claws of iron and bronze. Um, It's very destructive and horns so there is a clear connection to uh, this the the final the fourth and final beast of had daniel and so i I think that it's it's no stretch here to say yeah so this is uh, the idea we should be getting is that this is some sort of successor um even to the fourth beast of daniel um and, and so i i mean to me this fits really well because as we were going through Daniel i was explaining how i think those four beasts um represent babylon medo persia macedonia and then uh, the seleucid empire and historically what followed the seleucid empire was the roman empire
2: right which which would make sense because at this time you're you're likely de- you know he's dealing with uh you know the 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 Christian Church at the time now is dealing with overt uh, Roman, uh, very likely dealing with with overt Roman persecution, and right. and and this is uh, so so to draw that conclusion. And, and this is not, you know, John would not be John would not be led to this uh, simply because uh, because he's you know he, this is not a some new idea for him. There, there's probably Right. There's a great deal of, of 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 the Talmud which would back that up, you know that would tie that would tie this in, you know coming out of Daniel, seeing the images and saying, okay this is the this is the ultimate expression and 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 unfortunately and unfortunately we've got those in our day that want which will fit better with the next beast that that want to that want to draw these conclusions to something that is yet to happen as to something as as, as to something that was happening in John's day. Uh, uh
0: causing problems for the church. right. Well, I mean, and you know, it's not it's not invalid to see you know, multiple as we've seen things on on multiple levels, but okay. yeah. I mean, certainly you you've had interpreters who they 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 seem to like just extract John out of his con nothing to say to those seven churches, right? We can't, we can't forget this. I mean, at the beginning we we saw, you know, this is being written to these churches, you know, in uh, Pergamum, Thyatira, all the rest, right? They're in Asia Minor. So we would expect that this would have something to do with them. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit. Um, and it wouldn't just, you know, immediately in the first place, uh, refer to Russia, right? I mean, you know, it's just that, that seems to be disconnecting chapter 13 from, from all the rest. And, uh, and when we do um, to kind of like we were saying how those contexts very naturally link up together, I think you see a lot of correspondences. Um, one one of the things that we didn't talk about last time, but the number seven um, had some clear connections to Rome. Apparently, um, you know, Rome was itself called. Um, the 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 city of seven hills right, and we actually saw. I think we'll actually see the seven hills mentioned uh, later on in in in, uh, in Revelation. So you've got that. Um, you've got the blasphemous names on its heads. I mean, think about the, the the Caesars were called. I mean, I mean seriously, they called the world "son of God." Those were titles mm-hmm. that the Roman emperors reserved for themselves. Right.
2: Right. And, and that you know, and and, and you see them putting themselves forward in the place of God,
0: right? And and
2: and, there can be, and, and that therein lies, you know, therein lies the, the, the mark of what we would later call Antichrist in in the place of, you know, we're in, in right. blasphemy, you know, in play, you know, and the uh, the idolatrous blasphemy that tries to remove God from His throne and put put us or, or our own image on that throne.
0: Right, well, right, well, right, and and then like speaking of you know images, right? I mean, it, it says there in verse four that they worshipped um, the dragon, uh, and then they worshipped the beast. I, I mean, literally, the Roman emperors were were worshipped. I mean, there there were there were whole temples that were just dedicated to making sacrifices to and praying to and, and worshiping the Roman emperors as as gods. So I mean, like this description is, I mean, it's uh. It it has figurative language, but I mean, some of it just literally applies to the. Well,
2: correct. I mean, that that's that's absolutely correct. You know, the, the, the you, you 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 under you have to take a look at the the the, the literal words and set it in its literal context, and, and be, in order for it to to, uh, to to carry meaning for us today.
0: Right. Well, and, and so speaking then of, of how these things correspond um, and how they might literally or not so literally apply, that what do you make then of this mortal wound? Um, because that, that's pretty interesting. I think that we saw the wound language in the Greek was actually referring to the lamb who was slain, uh, the, the lamb who um, had this mortal wound but was alive. So, I mean, it, it's kind of a resurrection idea a little bit so it means then that this seven-headed dragon beast um that that seems to correspond to the roman empire which was uh, as you were saying persecuting the church at the time what would it mean that this would have a a mortal wound
2: well you know there there is you know this this could be an interesting one and i'll be curious to see where 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 your research came down from it but you know there is one of the things one of the things that the, the dragon does and yeah. is to give is to give the impression that it's mirroring or mimicking what what God is doing okay right. uh, and and so so what you what you see are these you know you see all these parallels to you know like a son of God you know and, and these kind right. of and and that What's happening as, as they are dealing with some of the as they're dealing with some of these um, I, I'm sorry there's just there's just no way to put it the, these emperors by now um, yeah. whether it is they're nut jobs they're absolute nut yeah. jobs you know Nero yeah. in likely you know Nero is you know Nero is likely involved um, you know he, he you know, this is the guy who who goes crazy and, and realizes hey we've got these slums filled with all kinds of people let's set fire to the place.
1: And yeah, then when he realizes
2: right. that that was probably not a great political move, uh but let's scapegoat somebody. Oh yeah, let's blame the Christian.
0: Right. All right.
2: Yeah. Uh so, so they they've set themselves up and, and you know and and they they see their own failings and yet they still they still can they still claim their their small D divinity.
0: Oh, oh, absolutely right. And and we know and we know so much and you brought up Nero and we'll probably be talking about him a little bit later, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in particular, I mean, I think it's um, you know, pr- particularly apparent with him. You know, I mean, I, I think, I think we know that he like killed his own his own mother and was just extremely. I, I mean, well, I mean, like a lot of these guys. Um, I, I mean, like, um, like, like the Herods, mm-hmm. paranoia about their power and um, just, I, I mean, going, stopping at at no length. To preserve it, even to the point of, as you were saying, basically insanity. I mean, a, a real megalomania um, in the in the truest sense. So, uh, I, th- I think that this description it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I mean, if you do, if you do a uh, row as we as we might be going here, um, it is it is interesting that there was a time in which it seemed perhaps like red. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, like the Roman emperor, like empire, might be coming to an end, and, and there is scenario in history. And we've talked about this a little bit. The chapters leading up to this seem to be strong correlations to the civil war period that was going on in Jerusalem, where they, they were destroying the food store. Twenty thousand uh, troops come up from the south um, into the city causing disaster, all this stuff going on before um, Titus, the the future Roman Emperor uh, would come and actually just destroy Jerusalem. Um, in that time, one of the reasons why it seemed I guess like they had this moment to <laughs> that to have the luxury of fighting each other is, is because Rome was in chaos and, and so Rome was you know didn't have the time to just you know deal with Jerusalem perhaps the way that they wanted to uh, because we know that Nero, had, had uh, he had committed he had committed suicide and this sent the empire into a, a state of just turmoil and you had the I, I think it's referred to as like the year of four emperors because you had this succession of emperors and they, none of them lasted more than several months and there were there were coups and the whole thing was crazy and so it it might have seemed like it might have seemed like rome was done like like hang on there's no way they can hold on Surely, like some other, you know, empire is going to, you know, swoop in here opportunistically. Um, but there was this, uh, power seemed to be reestablished. Um, I think, uh, Vespasian, uh, Titus's father, right?
2: Yes, yes.
0: So, so, right. So he like reestablishes control and actually has a, you know, a decent run as far as world empires go, but so I, I think that that might really well correspond to actually what we're talking about here—that the Roman Empire seemed to have a mortal wound, but it was healed. The beast lives on.
2: Right, and, and you know, and, and again, this is where we we, we keep in mind that that uh, there are uh, there there is a there is a historicity to this. This is again, this is not just—we're not reading the chronicles of Narnia here.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, no, certainly not. It's uh this is, this is a, uh, well, not, not that the Chronicles of Narnia is, but this isn't a children's, uh, I mean, merely anyway, this isn't a children's story. This isn't for the faint of heart. And there's a lot of, right. there's, there's a lot of history here that is just, I mean, this is how it, how it really was. And it's just the the good, the bad and the ugly as, as far as history goes. Um, but, let, let me um, let, let me go ahead and read a little bit um, up here at verse five. So, okay, we, we kind of have a sense of, you know, maybe what, what, in the first place, this all corresponded to in the case of John. Uh, but so what, what's this, because we, this goes on through verse 10. So let's read this part here. And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name was not written before the foundation of the world in the book of the Lamb, in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Got to pause right there, take our short break, but everybody hang on. We're looking at Revelation chapter 13 on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back.
1: Did you know that for over 40 years, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries with low-cost loans and resources? This is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Because of faithful investors like you, we've been able to help church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations. To learn how you can get involved, call 800-843-8233. Our listeners and supporters are talking about Worldwide KFUO.
0: Yeah, I think your programming is just wonderful. I love the emphasis on the traditional tunes rather than the modern music. Keep up the good
1: work. Thank you. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. That's 314-996-1542. 9961542 Christ for you anytime anywhere worldwide KFUO I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen The coronavirus pandemic is forcing people to stay in place How is this affecting service organizations affiliated with the LCMS Tim Hetzner is the president and CEO of Lutheran Church Charities. He explains how LCC is coping on World Lutheran News Digest, Wednesday at 2.30 and again Saturday at 9 on Worldwide
0: KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong... Espinosa. we're looking at Revelation chapter 13 today. We're, we're joined by our guest. We've got Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Looking at Revelation chapter 13 uh, about this—not uh, for the faint of heart. This is this is history and all of its—I mean, warts and all, right? All, all the all the gore. Um, and we just read this part, this first part, the first half, really, of chapter 13, about this first beast, seeing how it really matches up very nicely uh, with what was going on with, with the Roman Empire. Um, there's a lot of historical stuff, so probably, I mean, I mean, really, there's so many questions. There's so... We could spend, I mean, a week just talking about this one chapter. If you do have any questions, do please give it a call. We we still have him. Thank you for your patience, brother. Uh, If you've got a question do live, you can call 1-800-730-2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, you can call 314-8250. Or you can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. Uh, or as I was saying during the break, um, if you are on Facebook, if you click on the the, the link, the chat box on my profile, uh, you can type out a question. I will try to multitask well while not ignoring my dear brother Nathan here, um, <laughs> because first of all, I'm having a conversation with him about what what's going on. But we uh, we do have a question. Uh, if we still have him uh, from Larry, a question or a comment? Uh, do we still have your brother? Yes.
1: Uh, fantastic.
0: Very good. I I can hear you all right. Uh, so, yeah, what, what do you got for us here, Revelation 13? I have, I, have,
1: I have two things. First of all, you laid out Daniel Babylon, Babylonian Empire, Alexander, the great Medo-Persian, and Rome. Yeah. Rome actually has the beast of the earth and the beast of the sea representing the church and the government. In mm-hmm. verse 3, by the way, I wanted to say hello to Pastor Metter. How are you, my friend? Good to talk to you again, Larry. It's been a long time. It's been a while. Um, so verse three, I'm looking at verse three, yeah. and then I want to go back yeah. since you had a uh, segment last week where you couldn't call in, I want to offer something that I came up with. Anyways, sure. verse three, it looks to me like, Pastor Metter, it looks to me like it's the Reformation. It refers to the Reformation.
2: I, you know, I, again, I, I think, you, you know, as we look back through this, Remember, as we approach as we approach this book, uh, from for, you have this ability to see that, that that the events that take place in this revelation, these are things that have happened, are happening, and will continue to happen yep. until Christ. You know, so so this is the beauty of this. Yes, you can see layering of this happening in in the in the history of the church post. Uh, you know, post early church, you know, through revelation, you know through the Reformation, you can see elements of it taking place today. Uh, you know the the danger is you know as we look as we're looking back through the layers, um, you know we we uh, we lose perspective. We, it's, it's easy for us to lose perspective. so it, it may be a little too dangerous to say point a, point B connection, you know uh, and 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 it also, you know the danger too, is we can look at it in such a way. That uh, from our point in history, um, you know, I, I was – we had a – not to get too there, – there was a, a picture. We had in-person voting here a couple of weeks ago, and, and people thought this was oh, the yeah, worst yeah. thing in the world. And, and there was a duplicitous photographer who took a picture of the line back through it, and it looked like the people were standing right next to each other. Okay? Mm-hmm. The reality mm. was it, the, the same news outlet – took a drone footage and you saw that there was
0: eight eight
2: feet between everyone. So they, so Uh, so the one angle, the one angle made it look like this was, Oh, this was horrible. And and the other angle, the other angle showed the real perspective. So I think, yes, I think we can say that these kind of things continue to happen and the reformation might well be part of it. Uh, but we don't want to, we don't want to push it too far.
1: And then secondly, um, pastor, the, uh, when you were doing revelation 11 you came up with ah, the yes. two wit- you came up with the two witnesses which were moses mm-hmm. and what was the other was it a minor prophet who was that jonah maybe who uh, was that
0: the descript- the description resembles moses and elijah especially with verse okay, 6 elijah, say, the power to shut did. the sky
1: so i mm-hmm. would go i would go that that chapter talks about the woes the three woes against yeah. the church and i would say 4th century arianism seventh century Mohammedism and then the papacy when it was in full swing in the middle ages so those attacks i think the rep i think the witnesses represent what what the church has to offer i think the two witnesses mm-hmm. are word and sacrament and the woes are yeah. against the word and sacrament i like your, I'd like yeah, your yeah, comments think... on that i'll hang up and listen
0: yeah certainly all right Th- yeah thank Hear from you again, and yeah, I always I always appreciate your your comments. They're very thoughtful. Uh, yeah, and and I gotta say, thinking you know that you know, you're thinking of like early church um, heresies, and then you know the rise and uh, and the and the dominance of, of Islam, and then you know the later uh, the, the the whole thing with the Reformation versus the the papacy. Uh, I, you're not the only one who's read it this way. <laughs> um, I mean, in fact, there were a number relatively the early church who, uh, I mean, not in like early, early church, but, you know, kind of in that transition between like early and um, medieval, who saw a correlation between um, Islam and particularly Muhammad um, in in these texts here. So you're not the only one to see it that way. And certainly, of course, uh, just as uh, we were kind of just talking about when Luther read this, um, he, I mean, he couldn't help, but, you know, for him, you know who was in Rome, right? It wasn't the emperor; it was uh, well someone who may as well have been an emperor, the, the pope, right? I mean, so I, I mean, there's uh, it's, I mean, it's just like you were saying, Nathan, there's all kinds of these uh, these these echoes. I I feel like in in history, right, where we had these patterns and they seem to repeat themselves. And so, um, and so, Larry, I think that uh, your point is is well taken that um, even if these things kind of in the first place correspond to the events that were going on around the destruction of the temple. And we saw how, you know, the the, the kind of spiritual Moses and Elijah, maybe that was uh, the the bishop of Jerusalem, James, right, brother of our Lord. May, maybe that could have referred to Jesus Ben Ananias, right, the, uh, the, the prophet of destruction who went around and uh, who was killed in Jerusalem, right? So th- there could have been historical figures who in the first place were going around in those very, very early times, but that doesn't mean that You don't see these things themselves later, in different ways, even um, into some ways, particularly maybe. Uh, But, but yeah, Nathan, what are uh, what are your thoughts on that one?
2: Well, you know, as as I was listening to this, you know, it it brought back to an echo of the preacher, which says, "There's nothing new Mm -hmm. under the sun." You know, yeah, sure. You know, and and I think you know we do ourselves a great disservice if we only read these as you know, one-to-one correlations, if we only read yeah. this as a Roman thing, or if we only read this as a Reformation thing, or if we only read it as a modern-day thing. And I think that really plays to to where this section, where this little part of the peric at the end, you know, it, you know where, where it talks, it, you know, when he gets down and he says, you know, in verse 9, 10, and 11, or nine and ten, nine and ten. You know where he talks about. Anybody has an ear, let him hear. It. If if you're going to go into captivity, into captivity you go. If you're going to be slain, you're going to be slain. Endurance of the saints. This is this is challenges that the church has faced, are facing, and will always face. And yet we face it confident. You know, again, I I, I tell my folks all the time here at Plymouth. You know, I joke. I said. But it's not a joke. It's actually really true. You know, I've read the book. I know how the story ends. We win. Now, the challenge we have <laughs> is the, the challenge we have in this is, um, you know, well, back in the day when I was in literature class, you know, taking Brit Lit or something like that, you had to read some of those god-awful British British novels, you know, that, that went on forever and ever and ever and ever. And you didn't know how – sometimes you get to that boring part, and I would get stuck so what i would do to keep myself somewhat interested is i would flip to the end of the book and figure out how the book ended and then i go back and i look at where i'm at and i go how on earth did emily brontë get from here to there <laughs> and at least you know that generated yeah. a little bit of interest and i and i think there's a parallel as we read this as we read the the as we, when we read the totality of scripture we know god's promise is sure we know that in the right. end we win right but right. But there are going to be times when it sure as heck looks like we're losing, you know, but that's not unique yeah. to us. That's not unique to us. Right. You, know, you know, you don't think you don't think Israel as you know, as as young. Let's let's just keep in the, the, the care as young. Daniel is carted off from Jerusalem, you know, sitting going. Oh, Lord, right. I may never see. I, I may never see the holy city again. You know, and, right. and, and yet what and what is he? What do they do? What, you know, what does Jeremiah tell him to do? Build a house. Get married, have babies, pray for the welfare of that nation. Why? Because I'm still in charge. I'm using, you know, you know this, 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 the challenge we have is, this, is in, our, in our time today and throughout our history, we've treated evil um, very, very much like the Eastern religions treat evil. We think it is it, the yin to God's yang. You know that there, you know, we've got, right. the, or you've got the evil on one side, and and you've got God on the other, and they're constantly doing battle. No, no, no. What did Jesus say? It is finished. As my very earthy stepfather That's right. lives, as my very earthy stepfather who lives in in uh, uh, Glen Carbon likes to say, it's all over. But the shouting, we got a lot. of the The result has been determined. Uh and, and and while we may not understand how God is letting this play out, he is right. So even, even these yeah. beasts, these these the beasts that we're looking at now and the one we're gonna look at in a very very quick time, um neither of these are beyond the Lord's control. He's using them for his purpose. Right.
0: right. Yeah, no, and those are those are really those are really two important points. I mean, I, I think that kind of we gotta kinda let that have keep that in mind to kind of rein ourselves in because I think it's fair to say, okay, yeah, there's echoes and, you know, just like you were saying in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. And we can see kind of how there's a coherence of this pattern um in the Reformation and even in our own times, right? The the danger, right, will be when we go and we say, hey, look, there's a um there, there there's like we can, we can make a kind of prediction or something like that. Um, and especially when you have like, say 42 months or something like that, uh, that's when it kind of starts to become untethered, um, from, it becomes a little bit untethered from, from the original context, right? Cause we got that 42 months and we've seen that in this context of revelation, uh, back in chapter 12, um, I think we saw it, it was also in an 11, right? The same period of three and a half years, three and a half years, three and a half years. Right. Um, and I think the way you're supposed to take that is like, Hey, look, There was that roughly actually three-and-a-half-year period um, when we had um, from AD 70 to AD like 73, when Titus, he actually came, he breached the walls, he got into the city of Jerusalem, um, he actually destroyed the temple. I mean, it says there in verse 6, "...opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling." Um, And of course, there's a clarification, uh, that is, those who dwell in heaven... Uh, and i think that's meant to kind of uh, signal us that okay yes the, the destruction of the temple was bad but not because god no longer has a dwelling place but because it was blasphemous right like i mean god god ultimately cannot have his temple be as his his son jesus christ um but that didn't stop the the romans right from taking um taking things out of the temple desecrating them from uh, you know just mocking the the God of Heaven, and so you you had this three and a half year period where Jerusalem was being overrun, people were being killed. It was a total disaster. But then you the 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 problem then would be to then say like, oh hey, this is kind of going on in our own life and day. Oh well, this says for forty two months this is going to be happening. So let me make this prediction now, and you know, like this virus is going to be over like in this time and. I mean, and that's that's when we we start kind of like losing a little bit of the coherence here. We start um, kind of messing this up, and and kind of similar to the last thing you said, right? Uh, ultimately, this this revelation is kind of showing how it's already a done deal. How the Lord Jesus, um, yeah, how, how he kicked the his ascension, how he already in some ways has just defeated the dragon, right? I mean, so by 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 not putting this in the past you know it, we can kind of too much say like oh well like you know like uh, ha- it hasn't happened yet and you know like I mean, jesus hasn't won still right but i mean he has already and that's that's the comfort of the message that you know there is a certain level where um, even if we still see kind of reverberations and echoes
2: absolutely you know i was gonna i was gonna say you know this is how you end up with feral camping and and all these other guys you know they sit there and they get their 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 spiritual advocates out and they try and figure they, they try and read the tea leaves when you know and, yeah. and and which then which then puts you in that position you know all of a sudden they're no different they're they're mo- they're the modern day pharisees you know you you search the scriptures you're thinking in them you know you have an eternal life but but i tell you they testify to me you know and and, right. and that's where you know when we start to when we start to to parse these, when we, we, rather than parsing the Hebrew and, you know, rather than, rather than parsing the verbs and declining the nouns, you know, uh, yeah. you know, you know, and just t- treating it linguistically, when we start parsing the events, then we run the, we run the risk of, you know, and really it's idolatry. You know, when we're trying, we're trying to tell God how to do God. And and that really comes yeah. down to idolatry and, and that's when you find yourself on the
0: outside looking in. At... Right, yeah, no. We don't we don't want to be in a position where we're trying to use the Bible to say what God, you know, ha- has to do um in 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 the near future or something like that. Um yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Um well, let's go ahead and I want to read just maybe go ahead and just take the rest of the chapter here. Um because we do we do want to make sure we have enough time to cover this here and I, and the, that number that I mentioned earlier, last word. Go ahead and read this here because there is some parsing that needs to be done. I, I don't think it's as um, I, I don't think parsing out this number is like parsing tea leaves. I think it's more like like mm-hmm. parsing <laughs> parsing like declensions. But we'll we'll see. I, I want to get your take. All right. So here's here's verse eleven to the end here of chapter thirteen. The second piece. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak and cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead." so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast, or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is a number of man, and his number is 666. Okay, so... We're, we're, I don't even know where to start. On There's on, so many things on going note, on here. And
2: on that note, we're out of time and we'll just move on to the next program.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Can't let you off the hook that easily. So, <laughs> so, so I can just explain all that for us now. Yeah. And I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just be quiet here and just, <laughs> um, yeah. Please, leave me. Okay. Hanging. Okay. There you let, go. Wait. I know, I know, I know. Well, okay. Let, let's use one thing that's. One detail we don't want to overlook here: the second beast rises out of the earth, rose out of this, and we have seen the earth sea duality a few times. And, and of course, the dragon was thrown down from heaven, right? So now I, I feel like there is something deliberate going on with this that we shouldn't. Yeah, we we, we want to talk about the you know making fire and making the. uh the beast live and the mark of the beast, right? That's where we're immediately going mentally. But but let's not overlook this. What's the significance of the different location of its origin?
2: Well, you know, you're, you're dealing with, and you know, remember, I, I had the, the uh, distinct pleasure of sitting in Louis Brighton's Revelation class, so I'm heavily influenced by that. But my understanding is yeah. are heavily in- influenced by Dr. Brighton. You know, and, and and again, Larry kind of made this allusion in his, co- his call and comment, you know, um, you, yeah, you've got he the heavens, and you've got the heavens and the earth. You've got the sea and the, the land. Uh, the sea is, in, in, in Scripture has always has always been uh, it's tumultuous. It's the, it's the it's that which is outside uh, the the land. We, it's pretty clear that this is an insight. You know, as you start looking at this, the beast from from the land, you know, this is this is an inside job. OK,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and I think it's pretty clear you, you don't need to be a cryptographer to see that this is this the damage that this beast would do is from within, not from without. Um, and, and, right. and, and you see this repeatedly again, if, as we look at it layer by layer through history. Some of the greatest damage that has been done to the work of the gospel is not from the world it's from our own, it, it, it's from internal false teaching, you know, and, yeah. and that, which is, you know, and, and this is where, you know, and, and, and then those who are not Lutheran listen to this, ah, there goes the Lutherans on their doctrine kick again. Uh, but <laughs> but it, it's true, you know, you know, the bottom line is I can't be a messenger. Uh, you can't be a faithful messenger if you don't know what's true. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and, and there is, a you know, so this is where the church, this is where the church's mission and and the, the truth of what it teaches must coincide and and that's what, you know and that's what you see the great signs and in uh, and, and deceiving those who dwell on the earth these are the people on the inside you know and um, right. you know while it is you know and and there is some truth you know uh, there is some truth that uh, the sometimes the uh, the religious civil wars are just as deadly if not more death- deadly than the political civil wars
0: Right. Yeah. No. 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 That. That. That's. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean. And it's. Uh. Well. And that's been interesting too. Even in our own day, kind of. It's. It's easy to get really focused on the, the the physical costs and problems going on, but there is, of course, a spiritual dimension to all these things. Um. So. So I guess then I I I think I I really agree with the the, the angle here. You know, if you think of the sea, this is traditionally the place of um you know like chaos the place of foreigners um especially Mm -hmm. in the old testament um it wouldn't of course uh be any stretch to apply that to rome i mean because rome is across the mediterranean um i mean the romans had a very intimate connection with the sea of course they just called they didn't call it the mediterranean they just called it our sea um because they thought they owned the thing and um i mean in some ways they really just did though (laughs) i mean Mm -hmm. uh, politically at, at this at this point in time and Literally, did actually come from over the sea to come and wage war and all the rest. So, seeing this as coming out of the land, um, and it's interesting too. It says to, had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. Right? Uh, there seems to be this this resemblance, right, to actually the the people of God, and even the bit of um, that's what the two witnesses did back in chapter eleven. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways in which this this is just being described as th- th- this is something in the land. This is something that um, has a kind of Hebrew Christian kind of authority or or stamp to it. So um, it, it seems like this is, like you were saying, some kind of inside job, um, some kind of as within the consequences you were saying would uh, be a false doctrine where this is some kind of. Uh, you know, Judeo-Christian authority in the land that is in cahoots with the Romans, um, and is basically there and authorized by the Romans, but is ultimately an enemy of God. And you see that 6, um, because uh, that that seems to be, and well, I mean, you'll have to tell me what you think. Of, in my reading, this is actually a very specific Roman Emperor.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, and you know, and and, uh, and and it's important that you see it from the Hebraic side too, right? Because this is how this is how you end up with the six six six. You know, uh, right. you know, if you if you move the if you if you move Caesar Nero into the numerics of the Hebrew language, you come up with six six six. Uh, the one who has set himself, you know, you know, again, one who has set himself up in the place of God. You know, we have this un, you know, what, what what you see in these two chapters is the introduction to to what you know what we've called the unholy trinity. You know, you've got this dragon, you've got these two beasts. They, this is an unholy trinity. Uh, you, know, you know, not as a not again not as a yin and yang foil. To the right. to 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 the Holy Trinity, uh, but but ultimately showing you know showing its power that it, it's not powerless, but it, it, it's 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 uh, it's it's power comes in its ability to deceive, and, you know, right. it, and, and 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 that's where you know and, and that's where it is it is critical, and this is where you know I I really think the key line in this if you were if you were going to say. If there is one, if there's one phrase in this chapter that, that you really need to hang on to is the endurance, uh, you know, endurance and faith of the saints. You know, it's clinging yeah. to the truth in the midst of this swirling, this swirling sea of deceit and power and bloodshed and and um, things that are beyond our control. It's back to us realizing that we are still stewards of the one.
0: Within in control absolutely and I, and i think that that's where we really feel this pattern pressed upon us even in our day that we we find ourselves in situations where uh, the the earthly authorities right you know um whether that be the uh, sultans of science or the princes of politics right um or both um seem to be in alignment even with certain spiritual authorities um, and, and those things can, they all can be sources that seem to be all on the same page and saying the same thing. And it puts you in this position where you're like, well, who am I to oppose all that? And hey, I mean, the, the political side and the spiritual side, they're all, they're all in agreement. So of course, that's just right. Um, and, and it just, it's really, find yourself, you find yourself in a situation where it's very hard to resist it. And, and similarly to, as the description of the mark of the beast here, right, where you can't buy or sell right? Unless you have this mm-hmm. mark, it feels like you're a total outcast. It feels like you just, unless you go along with the program, like you just can't function. How, how could life work? And and we find ourselves in situations like that um, often enough as well. I think that in the original situation, this probably, uh, the word mark there in Greek is a word that actually can just plain mean coins, can just plain mean uh, money. Um, and, and And literally you actually had the money printed with the names of uh, the emperors. Um, And it's just, as you were saying, and this is actually very impressive to me. If you you take, uh, you know, uh, Caesar Nero and you put that from Greek into um, Aramaic, you get 666 when you do that numbers. In in, uh, Rome, uh, in Latin, you get But so whether it's then or whether it's now, it calls for endurance of faith and of the saints. Thank you, brother. We somehow did it by God's grace getting through to the end. God bless you and the rest of your Everybody, that was Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Moving on to Revelation chapter 14. Next time till then, I'm Pastor H. Espinosa. Peace.
1: Produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting By Strong Word.